I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Wednesday, April 15, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? The first thing we like to do is take a look at the chart and see what jumps off the page at us. Well, what jumps off the page at me today is really the same thing that jumped off the page yesterday, only it's the mirror image. Yesterday, we had a tail low that didn't exist. It was a print that showed up on the chart shenanigans the chart or price wasn't down there but we were able to use that information for today's trading we'll get to that later guess what the mirror image of that in the northern direction is another long tail where price never went to today so we have to take notice of this it's important information maybe the market does exactly what it did today but in the northern direction and it goes right to that tail or the end of that tail which is essentially what? Filling the gap left open from yesterday's close. What we do know is there's definitely some shenanigans going on. What we don't know is who's the responsible party? How does all this work? Why does it happen? Who's benefiting from it? You can rest your bottom dollar on the fact that if something's happening in the market, there's somebody making money as a result of it. What else we got? Well, the market had a nice, healthy gap down today, but it really didn't do anything after the gap down. We're going to take a look at some intraday charts because it's still a pattern in development. It's not a complete pattern. It seems to be halfway home. We'll unpack that one a little bit more later. Let's focus on the daily chart for a moment, and we've got two potential things going on. Well, there's always more than two, but there's two that I want to discuss right now. So we had a nice ABC move in the upward direction. We talked about this before it happened. But it happened, they're still and here looking we are. For, so that was there's a whole new fresh supply after we got of traders the high that are now looking leg. for so the market a kept going. and a retest of the now, lows once we talked again. About is that going times to happen? That there were a lot of Anything's traders possible. that were looking the question for is right another now, test of the is low or possible? a test of the low is it or lower lows? Is the market likely here? And do we even need to know about it right now? Do we need to take the market one step at a time? one day at a time, one candlestick at a time, which is exactly what we need to do. So that being said, let's map out a couple of scenarios. Let's just say for argument's sake, the market's not finished going higher. It's making or beginning to make or have the makings of a bull flag pattern. That's possible. Why can't that happen? That can happen. That can happen as the market eats time off the clock underneath the 50 period moving average that would diminish the importance of the 50 period moving average and price would likely go higher than the 50 period moving average higher than the 288.50 we've been discussing they would certainly fill this gap here and that's not all they would likely do but it depends on how long this took so a couple of days no dice all the way up here a week or so and maybe we start talking about much bigger numbers that's if the market puts in a bullish, flaggish, consolidation-ish, time-eating-off-the-clock-ish type of pattern. That's scenario number one. Scenario B 
is the market has a much more meaningful correction or pullback from where price was yesterday at the highs. Now, you'll notice we recaptured on the southern direction the 281. That's an important development. As long as we stay below 281, that's not bullish. That means price is likely going lower. If not lower, eating time off the clock running sideways underneath 281. But option B is what happens if they have a more meaningful pullback, meaning they don't just run sideways and eat time off the clock. So let's map that one out and explain where it comes from. First, let's reiterate something that we discuss all the time, but it's worth mentioning because we're going to talk about it in a moment. Markets like to come back and test former breakout and former breakdown areas. Okay, we know about that. We discuss that all the time. So let's talk about this spot right here. It's basically the top of the A leg. If you recall, that was the top of the A leg. So what are we going to do with that? Well, we're going to identify that as an important area. Why? Because the market ran up there from the low and it stopped. It basically tried to get through, wasn't able to do it, and it had a pretty decent pullback away from that area. What does that tell us? It tells us that the chart, or in this case, the spider, it thinks that that price level on the chart is important. How do we know that? Because it ran up there, stopped short, couldn't get through until it had to pull back, build some more energy, and bust through after three or four solid attempts. So what does that tell us? That tells us that was, by definition, the breakout area. Most of you saw that one coming. Newcomers, stick around. So let's say that that storyline continues. Well, what happens if the market starts to edge down or come down quickly? One of the two, it doesn't really matter. What happens if the market begins to trade close to or in the vicinity of said breakout area? Well, it would likely find some assemblance of support under normal garden variety market conditions. Using the 80-20 rule, you're going to have an assemblance of buyers in that zone. You want to put some numbers on that? Well, I've actually got two separate numbers and there's a reason for it. First, we'll ask the question, do they have to get to the breakout area? No, they don't have to do anything. We're using that as a guideline. But there's something else that I want to draw your attention to north of the breakout area. You see this breakup candle low comes in about 265 and a quarter. Now, why am I focusing up there versus the actual breakout area? Maybe they're both important. Maybe price doesn't get to the breakout area. Maybe price doesn't even get to the breakup candle low. We're just using this stuff as a guideline. But let me give you a little hint why I focused on that. Or maybe I should say one of the reasons why I focused on that. The day before, you see this big down candle. That was what we'll call a fake out day. You had a breakout, a fake out, and a continued breakout. You're not going to find this in any technical manual. They don't teach this in the CMT course. I'm looking at that fake out as kind of another breakout area. So the low of that fake out, which coincides with, and I don't think there's any accidents or coincidences, coincides with the day before's closing price for the most part, within pennies, right? And then it also coincides with the following day's breakup candle low. So somewhere along the line, that price in there, in and around 265, is important. So we're going to leave that there 
So we're going to say 265 is a number. Below that, it's around 263, give or take. That's really the breakout area. So somewhere in this zone is if prices scaling down rapidly. If we're having a bloodbath kind of day, significantly worse than today. So this would put the S&P down about 120 handles or more if they're going to go in that direction. Now, do I think that's going to happen? Well, I don't know if it's going to happen. We're prepared for if it does happen, but we also have to be aware of other things. What are the other prices up above? There has to be other support areas up above. Here's an obvious one. The low here, this is a pivot low, 271.41. Do you think that's going to be important? Of course it is. There's other supports along the way. Inside the numbers members will have those lock, stock, and barrel. What if they're not going down? What if you wake up to a green day? You wake up to a gap up in the morning, for example, where it doesn't have to be a gap up. What happens if they trade higher, not lower? Well, we have something to hang our hat on there, too. We have the shenanigans tail of today's candle up near yesterday's high. What a good opportunity to discuss inside the numbers. Now, I'm going to do something similar to what I did yesterday. I'm going to point out a couple of salient points. There's that word again. And I'm going to scroll up and you can start and stop the video. Those of you not interested can skip the entire section. Those of you that are active in the market during the trading day should read the notes because that'll give you information in order to find out if this is something that can benefit you during the trading day. So right out of the gate, we want to draw your attention to 275.51. That was the low of the shenanigans candle from yesterday. We're already talking about it at 7.30 in the morning. So it's an awareness. We know if the market's going down, that's an interesting target area for what? It's a target to exit a short trade on the way down. It's also another kind of target because we know what happens at gaps. We generally get a reaction in the other direction away from the gap. In this case, in the northern direction, away from the gap. So it's really a two-way street, two-headed coin. It's a two-way trade. While we're down here, let's take a snapshot of stocks on the move. You'll notice we had a nice list today of opportunity. We had four trades that hit their price objective. We're going to take a look and run through the charts real quick. We'll do that in a few moments. Let's go back up through the notes. The other thing I want to point out are some places where the market found support and resistance throughout the trading day. You'll notice numbers are put on the board. Numbers are generally respected, unless I have them wrong. Obviously, I get them wrong. Not that much, but I get them wrong. I'm not perfect. Just ask my wife. Let's keep scrolling up so you can read what happened throughout the trading day. Draw your attention to opening range high, SPY 278.39. You'll notice when we go back to look at the charts that that price will come into play. It will become important. We're watching that price. Later on in the afternoon, it's important to see what price does when it gets to that level and when it closes above or is not able to close an hour above that level. So we always need something to be trading against or trading for. If you have one or both, you're in pretty decent shape. If you have neither, all you've done is spin the roulette wheel. You'll see the 1102 post. I'll just point out 277 is important. Moving right along. 
Now, we're pre-preparing in case they drop them later. And there's a good reason why we were pre-preparing, and we'll go over that when we get back to the charts. Let's continue to scroll up so you can read the remainder of the notes. You'll see we're talking about a bear flag pattern, and the pole end of the flagpole is the gap down from yesterday's close to today's open. That's your pole. When stocks run or price runs sideways, that creates the flag, hence the bear flag pattern. Yesterday, we had a bull flag pattern. The day before, we had a bear flag pattern. You see the routine here? Do you see the law of alternation? Where have I heard that before? Didn't we discuss that yesterday? Yes, we did discuss that yesterday, and it actually happened. We discussed it in accordance with the erroneous tail low happened to coincide with a gap. And guess what? Price traded to the gap. We were ready, willing, and able. Now, I just mentioned, this is an hourly chart. I just mentioned the bear flag pattern. We were looking for lower for good reason. You can see here, and I'll draw it out so I can illustrate further. This is a bear flag pattern that will generally have a continuation move in the southern direction. Now, this one is a bull flag pattern, and it failed. We talked about the failure yesterday. Why? Because we had a failure the day before. You see what's going on here? Look at that. It's like they're playing hangman. Now, I didn't plan that. That was done in real time on live TV. Could we make a case for a head and shoulders pattern? Here's a shoulder, right? There's a head, and here's a little tiny shoulder. I don't know if that one's so good. I suppose we could make a case. It's not really great. But let's say that did work out. What does that mean in terms of a downside projection? What does that mean in terms of price? Well, the projection, if in fact that was a head and shoulders pattern, and from a technical perspective, the head and shoulders pattern actually completed, what would that mean for price? What does that mean in terms of where price would be? Well, that calculation comes out to about 264.50, give or take on either side. That's awfully close to the same 265 that we just got finished talking about. You know that whole thing when three guys tell you you're drunk, go take a seat? When multiple things on the chart all point to the same thing, it starts to smell like an opportunity. We saw a bearish flaggish pattern on the 60-minute chart. What does the 120 look like? Same deal. We're riding the 20-period moving average. On the first hit, the 20-period moving average gave a nice big bounce. I shouldn't say that. It gave a nice little bounce. I suppose it depends on what your perspective is. We can make a case it was at least 30 S&P handles if you stuck around. But here's something that if you read inside the numbers, then you got this during the trading day. It was further information, further supporting documentation, if you will, that price would be supported in and around the area of the gap. Why? Because the 20-period moving average on the 120-minute chart was also in that general vicinity. It's more evidence that there's more than one thing going on. You know that whole full stack thing we talk about? The more stuff that points to the same thing, the more likely that thing is going to actually be a thing. So that turned out to be good for Inside the Numbers members. Looking at a shorter-term chart, what are we talking about? Well, everything to the right of the horizontal or crosshairs is today's activity. Where's the gap we're talking about? Right about here. Look what happened. Price comes into the gap. 
it banthers back and forth for a while, but you can see the gap was supportive of price. Finally, later on, after lunchtime, it took off, and that was the end of it. Now, from a longer-term perspective, or longer chart time frame perspective, we're still in a bearish, flaggish pattern. But markets go back, markets go forth. Markets ebb, markets flow. They go up, they go down. So that's what's going on. Member stocks on the move? Let's check out some of the charts, see what happened with those trade opportunities today. BP was the first one on the board, and you can see what happened. Here's a five-minute chart. Price came into the price level, the target that was specified long before the market opened. 22.72, you can see what happened. Here's a high of 23.20. It's not tremendous, but it's something. Focus on what happened. What happened was we picked off the near low again. We do this all the time. We don't win every trade. We win the majority of the trades. Here's another one. Total, T-O-T, 32.99. You see the routine, getting its haircut at the open, identified the price before the opening bell. What was low of day? It wasn't that much lower. 32.63, not a lot of heat going there. You're not sweating bullets. And what happened? Turned around and went the other way. Why? Because the stock was heading to a destination. What happened when it got to the destination? It went in the other direction. In this case, it went back up north. SLB, Schlumberger gave you a couple of three bites at the apple. You did whatever you wanted to do with Schlumberger. You can see that regardless of whether it was slightly below or above, 1435 was around the number. Was it 1430, 1436? It doesn't make any difference. The low in the first candle of the day was 1429. We're focused on getting it right. Sometimes, in fact, all the time, you can't control what's going to happen when price hits the number. How long is it going to take to bounce? How much is it going to bounce away from that number? You can't control it. But here's what you can say. A, if the price is the number, okay, it can take some time, but a lot of times it happens pretty quick. And you can see what happened with Schlumberger. You got the best of both worlds. But here's what I'll say. If the market is scaling down, meaning the overall index, the SPY, the S&P 500, is dropping like a stone, you're unlikely or less likely to get that huge rocket ride out of these trades. However, if it's one of those shakeout mornings where they just drop them real fast, they get bought up by the buy the dip crowd, and they send price back up, and I'm talking about the S&P again, then that's when you can see some of these big fat rocket rides on some of these stocks because a rising tide tends to lift all boats. So today, the market was struggling. You had a down day. So you can't really expect much of a rocket ride. You can get one, but you can't expect one. Here's the fourth and final one. It was Diamondback, Fang. So what was the low in the morning, the first candle of the day? 2860. What was our number? 2867. We do this every single day. What happened after that? Turned around and went in the other direction. What was the high? $30.15. Did it ever revisit $28.67? No. What was the high over here? $30.48. How do we consistently pick off these lows? I know my numbers. What's going on over in Camp IWM? You'll recall the conversation from yesterday and the day before. We had divergences. We had a divergence in the IWM. We had a divergence in the transports. The IWM being my favorite market-leading indicator, 
was providing the clue, as was the transports. And here we are. The IWM was down over 4% today. The S&P 500 was down a little over 2%, leading to the downside. Is that the end of the downside? Probably not. By the way, am I looking for a retest of the lows right now? I didn't address that before. The answer is, and this is an opinion, it's not a technical answer. Am I looking for a retest of the lows? You're asking me my opinion. Why do I say that? Because nobody knows whether they will or will not retest the lows. People think they know. I'm honest enough to say, I don't know. I know what I don't know. So, are they going to retest the lows? And the answer is an opinion. I don't think they're going to retest the lows right now. They'll get to it later. But right now, I still think there's too many shorts across the market. The more shorts there are, the less likely they are to go down to the lows. No surprise here when we turn our attention over to the transportation department. It was down about on par with the S&P 500, but was lagging the last couple of days, so it was of note. They are my favorite leading indicators. They were puzzle pieces, and guess what? They were on the table. How about some relative strength? So it was a down day in the queues, but guess what? It was down a little over 1%, and they're still hanging around the 100-period moving average, staying above all moving averages. Guess what? That's not bearish. That's bullish. Doesn't mean they will or won't come down tomorrow or the next day, but right now, at present, looking at this chart, we address the market that's in front of us with no bias. We show up with no bias. When I look at the Q chart, what it says is it's not bearish. It's bullish. It's in a downtrend from a longer-term perspective, but on a shorter-term perspective, it's absolutely in an uptrend, and they just recaptured all the moving averages. That's not bearish behavior. Be the umpire, call balls and strikes. Here's another one. The financials, look at this, down 4.68%, certainly leading in the downward direction. Again, it was a lagging indicator, We talked about it. It was a puzzle piece. It was on the table. And guess what? Our picture was painted lower. Take a look closely at this chart and think back to the SPY chart about the discussion we had before. Look at this candle here next to the fake out day. We talked about the low of that candle. Now the XLF seems to be ahead of the SPY. The low of this candle is 21.34. They got as low as today, 21.54. And the breakout area is different than the SPY. So if I just draw a line over here, you don't get the same type of breakout area. You're actually there now, but you can make a case that the breakout area is somewhere lower. It doesn't have to be at the high here. could be down here. It's really subjective where the breakout area is. It's not clear cut. Sometimes it's clear cut. On the XLF today, it's not clear cut. Just thought I would bring that out. Thought it was interesting information. Little bit of a lesson we can put in our back pocket. Maybe post on a sticky note. Use it later. Speaking of notes, if you're not taking notes in a big notebook, like day after day after day, then I can tell you that you're probably learning stuff, but you're not learning as nearly as much as you could or should if you're not taking notes, studying the notes over and over and over again. That's just my two cents. What about Smash Mouth telling us anything? Well, 
We had a down day, so that's obvious. Down about on par with the S&P, so it's not really telling us anything. Down below, they didn't fill the gap. They tried to get back to or at least close around the 50-period moving average. They're trapped in between the 50 and the 200. None of that actually means anything. It's just a bunch of stuff. They're going to go, for the most part, in the main direction the overall market's going to go. Not necessarily to the same magnitude, not necessarily the same day every day, but for the most part, a rising tide lifts all boats, and if the market's getting killed, the SMH is going to get killed too. That's just the way it works. That's not new information. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, and that without you, these videos are not possible? True, accurate information. This is everything that I really wanted to and intended to discuss today, so I will use this opportunity to pull the ripcord. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.